Hey there, welcome to episode five of season four of the Simplify and Multiply show. In today's episode, I'm going to be having a great conversation with my friend, Bob Berg. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. So I met Bob Berg through the National Speakers Association. And although Bob doesn't speak as much as he used to because he has built such a wonderful business of training and with his books and mentoring, everything that he's done, he's really created quite an enterprise uh, business based on his Go-Giver and a lot of the other books and training that he's created around uh, sales, building relationships, building the no like trust, getting referrals. And he is a go-to guy for sure when it comes to those types of topics. Now, one of the cool things that I learned about Bob is he's actually my neighbor. <laughs> he lives in the same town I do. And in fact, we're actually going to meet for a Dunkin' Donut tomorrow morning. So I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, um, one of the cool things that I like about Bob is he has gotten so creative with his authorship. He's written so many books. I'm going to have all kinds of links around his uh, work on the show notes page. But if you go to berg.com, Everything you need to know about Bob is on that website, and I encourage you to check him out. Now, Bob is one of those rare business owners who has carved out such a specific niche. And as you know, this is the season of niche, niche, niche for strength. And so many solopreneurs really struggle with finding out what their niche is, or they worry about having the niche be too narrow and that they won't have anybody to serve. And I really want you to listen to what Bob shares about niche, about what he's done in his business through writing his books, um, you know, because his focus has been mainly on sales, marketing, and influence. And I mean, he's sold well over a million copies, and he's co-authored the Go-Giver series with John David Mann. And that right there has sold nearly a million copies and been translated into over 28 languages. So you know he's got, he's got it going on there if he's got that kind of breadth of coverage with his books. And now he's getting much more deeply into online training based on his books. And it's just so exciting to see all of this unfold for him. So as you listen to my conversation with Bob, Listen in particular for the little nuances around niche and how he recommends creating a niche, whether you're already kind of figured that out for yourself or you need to maybe create some new products or go in a different direction because maybe your particular niche right now is 
just too saturated. And that happens a lot, especially when we get so much exposure uh, through the internet and through everything we see, it becomes a little overwhelming when you see everybody else like, oh, and you see like 10 people that are doing kind of similar things that you're doing. But as you've been listening throughout this whole season, you're finding new ways to create niche, new ways to develop and bring out your personality that enhances your niche and to look more closely for really that ideal client that you want to work with. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Bob Berg and pick up some really great tips on how you can niche your business. Hey, Bob, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so happy that not only are we neighbors, but uh, we both are in the speaker world. And when I think of people who are involved in speaking and look at the accomplishments that you've been able to attain over your career, I just feel so honored the fact that I got you on the show today. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you. The honor and pleasure are mine. All right. Awesome. So I want to just dive right into talking about what our audience, which is all about solopreneurs mm-hmm. and, you know, dealing with the the great things about being a solopreneur, as well as the things that make us kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I look at your breadth of what you've accomplished in your career and in your business and are continuing to blow the doors off of success with your go-giver and everything that you're doing with your mentoring programs, I would really love to kind of just go back. And if you can maybe tell us a little bit about some of the decisions that you were you know, making as an early entrepreneur, starting this business, how you got into speaking, not to get the whole 411, but I'm really focusing on where you really came up with your niche and focusing in and creating Go-Giver. Well, yeah, I can definitely relate to the the challenges of a, a solopreneur because I started out as a solopreneur when I began my business, when I began my speaking business. Uh, I think most speakers do, and and you know most anyone of any business really does begin as a solopreneur, and we yeah. have to we have to do everything. Uh, you know, we we've all read the books by Michael Gerber, and you know we we know that the biggest challenge is often that somebody uh, is a technician or they have a they have a certain skill set, and they believe that that alone can make them successful in business. And yeah, they, that was they, me when I started. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> sure, well, and they, and I think it's most people. And they mm-hmm. quickly find out that there's, you know, there's a, a lot more to it. Um, as long as you know that, or you, you're willing to learn that, well, then you're in a position where you can begin to do the things that you, you know, that you need to do in order to be successful. So, so you know, it, it begins there for most of us. Now, as far as a, you know, when we talk about a niche, as a speaker, that was very important. Uh, I believe it is with most businesses. And uh, the reason is because the more you niche down into one very, very specific marketplace, the more you can position yourself as the expert within that niche. Mm-hmm. You begin to learn so much about or already know, because a lot of times when people start out with a niche, it's because they came from that niche, right? right. And then yeah. when they're, right? But, but even if not, they, they will learn so much about that just by specializing in it that they will quickly begin to provide, be able to provide those insights that help at bring immense value to another human being in that person's business or what have you. 
Uh, so the more niche you become, not only the more effective can you can be can, you can be in terms of of knowledge, but the more the that that those prospects within your niche understand that you're that person, as opposed to the generalist who sees them as just one other prospect. Oh, you totally. see them as a key. You know, you see them as the ones who you want to serve. Now, there's always, and I'm sure, you know, as someone who coaches and teaches solopreneurs, you've heard many people say, oh, but Terry, uh, but everybody could use my, my product or my service, and aren't I going to limit my, myself? Well, not really. It turns out that, that when you niche, not only are you assuming it's a niche that has enough uh, business for you, and it usually right. does, it usually right. does, um, that not only are you going to to be effective within that niche and very profitable within that niche, but naturally you'll start working your way out. But you but but that will happen very organically. Um, but yeah, the the more you you know you niche, the the better off you're going to be. Yeah, that's so true, and that's uh, something that is often overlooked as people get started with their business and they think about branding and marketing and and like you mentioned you know we're wearing a lot of hats when we first start our own business mm -hmm. and a lot of us bypass that niching and we we do start out as generalists and especially if we have more than one skill set you know right, right, that was right. my problem when i started because i could write copy i could design mm -hmm. i could coach mm -hmm. i couldn't use strategy i could market and i was like oh which one do i pick and and it's like you come up with almost like a gateway drug to get people in the door for a niche item, and mm -hmm. then you can actually serve them with other services. Now, as you were kind of in the early stages of the Go-Giver brand, and you were writing your first Go-Giver book and just really developing that out, what were some of the things that enabled you to, I don't know if it, it really parlays into niching like you would in your business and your marketing platform, but I believe it does when it comes to creating a, um, a series of books based on a brand. So talk mm -hmm. to me about how that how you kind of niched that from the standpoint of building that brand and platform. Mm -hmm. So the, the Go-Giver um, brand came along later in my career because I started out really teaching how to um, how to create relationships that would um, that would result in no like and trust relationships that would make someone more referable so it was real basically business networking but mm -hmm. this was back in the day when there weren't a hundred books on networking you know mine yeah. was in my first book was called endless referrals and the mm -hmm. the subtitle was network your everyday contacts into sales and this is when there were about maybe mine and three other books on networking so it wasn't as though the the market by that time you know everybody was writing on that on that topic um, so that was really my, and then from there, what I did is, is my niche uh, was insurance because I, I when I um, chose the niche, I always put things like that through what I call the marketing bridge. And that is, do they need it? Do they want it? And can they afford it? So I would first ask, you know, uh, this, this niche I'm considering working, do they need what I have to offer? Do they want it? Now, the, the thing is, if they they can need it, but if they don't want it, it's probably not going to happen. Mm. Uh, and then they probably can't afford it, even though they can, because obviously you can't afford anything you don't want, <laughs> right? If you're not. true. <laughs> so, so I, for example, I remember back in the day, one of the niches I wanted to work was law firms. 
um, because of that. Well, you know, these are people who, again, these are, are great technicians, but they don't want to think of themselves as salespeople. Yet what a lawyer has to do is sell legal services. Okay. And so I said, that would be a great niche to work. Now, did they need it? Yeah. Did they want it? Back then? No. Now it's a different story. But right. back then when new associates came into a law firm, uh, they were told basically, you know, you do the work, the billable hours, we'll make the rain, we'll bring in the partners, we'll, you know, we'll make the, uh, we'll bring in the new business. You guys just do the, uh, right? And so back then, the, the law firms weren't interested. Now there's businesses set up just to help law firms learn how to make rain and bring in new business. Okay, so I decided back then that wasn't something I was going to do because my feeling was I was just starting out. I couldn't really afford to develop a market that didn't want me. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? So I had to go for what I already did. So I looked at insurance and, and did they need it? Sure. Did they want it? Yeah. Could they afford it? Well, sure. If they were, you know, if they uh, needed and wanted it. So uh, that was a good one for me. Uh, real estate was sort of a, a mini niche for me. Uh, but financial services and insurance was really my first one that, you know, that I, that I really niche. Now, um, through the years, and I, you know, built up a, a, a pretty successful practice talking about endless referrals, but I, I had wanted to, uh, but that was endless referrals was a, a how-to book. And mm -hmm. I'd always wanted to write a, a parable because I'd always loved reading parables. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, short stories that really connected and, and uh, so, I, you know, I'm an avid reader anyway, and so I always love parables. I thought, what if we could take the basic premise of endless referrals, which is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust, and put it into a parable form. So, um, you know, I, I, the first thing I said to myself in coming up with the title was, so what is the basic characteristic of a person who was able to establish and cultivate those no like and trust relationships both quickly and sustainably okay mm -hmm. and the the common element main characteristic is that they're givers they're always looking to give value to those they meet and so we came up with the title the go-giver but um but the, the the best thing i did for that book is I asked my friend John David Mann, and when I say asked, I mean I pleaded with John David Mann <laughs> to be the uh, co-author and lead writer and storyteller, because I'm a how-to guy. He is a brilliant, brilliant writer, storyteller. Mm -hmm. And um, now, once we, we, get, we got that started, now, you know, could we have niched that book itself? Yeah, but that's not what we wanted to do in this case, okay? We wanted this one to be general, uh, because we always uh, could, in, in John's, John is a great speaker, but that's not what he does. He's a writer. I, I would be taking this message and, and utilizing it as my as part of my speaking platform. Mm -hmm. I knew I could then take that go-giver message and niche it however I wanted to, okay? Uh, but, um, but basically, that's how that... Now, once we had that go-giver and it really started to sell well and it, it it did pretty quickly which we were very fortunate now it was time to come up with another book and we did go-givers sell more which is sort of the application base of the go-giver so this one was okay. not a parable it was really um how to take the five laws and apply them in your business and we had lots of examples of people who who did that 
And then the next one after that, and the next two were parables, as every other one would be in the series. So we had the go-giver leader and then the go-giver influencer, which has been our last one. So we've stayed in that, as Jane Atkinson would call it, a lane, okay? We chose a lane, and that lane was the go-giver brand. And everything that happens in the business comes off of that brand. So the first thing is people get the book, they come to the website or through articles and interviews and all the places people come to the site, they, um, they're able to, to see what's there. And um, uh, from there, uh, different things happen. So there's uh, clients that will have me in to speak, sure, but there's also the uh, Go-Giver Entrepreneurs Academy that we have. Uh, and there's the Certified Go-Giver Speaker Program, but all those are based off the Go-Giver brand, if you will. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's really what we did with that. It's, and it's really not rocket science. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. Are you niched enough? As you know, I'm focusing on exploring niching your business this season with the sole desire to give you the confidence and know-how to develop a niche that positions you as the go-to expert. Unfortunately, many solopreneurs are unsure of how they should niche and they worry if they're narrowing their niche so much that there won't be any prospects. I will tell you right now not to be concerned about niching too much. What you need is the right objectivity to see your value and your ideal client clearly so you can choose a niche that is a natural reflection of who you are. Now, when you do that, everything else falls into place and your ideal clients start coming at you from the most unexpected places. And if you want help figuring out your niche, I can help. All you have to do is pick a time to talk with me one-on-one -on -one for free about your niche by visiting pappychat.com. This is a great opportunity for you to get valuable input about what you're building and how to create a well-positioned brand that drives a ton of business. Get yours on the calendar now. Hit up pappychat.com and niche, niche, niche for strength. Book yours now. That's P-A-P-P-Y-C-H-A-T.com. And I appreciate you explaining all that because using your that go-giver model um, to express how you're really finding that niche and expanding on that niche or niching on the niche is probably a better mm -hmm. way to put it. Yeah, uh, It's really interesting that when you said about, you know, going after the insurance first because it was kind of like you're, you're already in that space. You already had that, that street cred, so to speak. So you would come across as someone that was – uh, a lot more legit uh, for the that particular audience to actually open up to that kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. And a lot of solopreneurs start out and they look at, at an industry vertical as a way to target. But I'm finding more and more that people are going much deeper than that, which I really like because they're not afraid to you know, squeeze out because I've talked to people and they were like, well, I'm afraid I'm going to narrow my audience so much I won't get there won't be enough fish in the sea for me to actually eat off of. Mm -hmm. And ironically, it's it's the ops exactly. opposite. It yes. really is. Mm -hmm. And when I look at, at what you're doing with that book brand, for a solopreneur to kind of translate that into where they're focusing, I see much more of that niching in the niche, you know, like mm -hmm. whether they do through gender, whether they do through interests within the niche, whether they do exactly. geographically. I mean, there's so many different ways to do it. But sure. one of the things that I find really interesting 
and this dovetails perfectly into your know, like, trust, is niching with personality. So when you have a solopreneur that has a specific type of personality and they're doing what they need to do in order to bring that personality forward as part of their brand, like they're on video more, they're being Mm -hmm. interviewed, so they're getting themselves in front of an audience in a more visceral way, even though it's using technology, of course, but instead of just posting things, they're actually on video and things. And I'm finding that people are actually niching on their personality. So what what are your thoughts on that? I, I think it depends on the person because, and, and there's actually, when you think of it, there's two different ways to, to, to go with, when you talk about niching on personality. There's your personality, which you know you're gonna attract certain, if you have a certain type of personality, you are going to really attract certain people and repel other people. Yes. But, um, but that's okay because you're looking for the ones that you would attract. But mm-hmm. you can also take this from an opposite point. Who are you trying to attract? Yeah. Because there's certain people you really wanna work with who it brings you joy and fulfillment to work with these kind of people and other people you don't wanna work with, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So you can almost market yourself in that way as to, you know, I'm not the person if you this or that. But I might have your the, your solution if you're if you believe in this or that, and now you're almost like qualifying them to say, yeah, okay, that's me, or even yeah, that's so not me, and that's ways. okay too. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And I find that interesting because one of the ways that you can project a personality of the ideal person that you really want to work with is to. I don't want to say change who you are, but how maybe you present yourself. So if you have someone who's like a total slacker and, you know, the energy about that person is kind of lazy and maybe, you know, not exhibiting luxury or wealth, but yet that person's trying to go after that more elevated market, it's going to be incongruent. So the the person who they're trying to target is seeing that's not the person I want to do business with. And I think that that also plays into it as well. Mm -hmm. And a solo can, or any business owner, even a salesperson can project themselves in a certain way that could be not inauthentic, Mm -hmm. but kind of like putting themselves into that stature where that ideal person would be more apt uh, to work with them. Yeah, I mean, you want to position yourself in the way that you want to be positioned. Uh, that doesn't mean you're you are inauthentic by by doing right. that. What is important, though, if we can pick up on that 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 aspect, is it can be very tempting to um, to see that person out there who does have that kind of over the top personality and is very popular in certain ways and think I've got to be like him mm-hmm. or her because mm-hmm. uh, you don't. <laughs> you, yeah. you really need to be like you, yeah. and, but it can Gosh, be very, boy. very tempting. And um, <laughs> that is so true. And you know that's why we say you know learn from everyone, adapt their wisdom, but don't try to adopt their personality. Yeah, uh, it just it doesn't work. It's not sustainable. And you can't just get have that type of success on your personality alone. Obviously, you have to be able to perform. I mean, look at Gary Vee, right? So Gary Vee started with the book Crush It, and he just gave great value all about social media. He was just in your face the way he wrote 
and the way he communicated, and he got himself out there in front of public. But anybody who encounters him for the first time today is like, whoa, you know, between the swearing and, and the, you know, he wears ski caps on stage and he's very colloquial, uh, but he's so real. And if you have taken the journey with him along his career, it's like you don't even notice it, that he's appearing that way. But someone coming in off the street who's never heard of him or isn't in the business or whatever, and it's like, well, who is this guy? What's he all about? And I think that that can be really interesting. So it's a combination of not only being yourself, but also what kind of value are you creating? Yeah. Okay. So so let's look at this on a few levels because you mm. bring up a great point and he's, a, he's an excellent example. Now, first of all, if you haven't seen him before or heard of him and then you see him for the first time and you're offended, hey, he doesn't care. He has no. by this time built up such a humongous business and fan base. I, I, I really don't think he cares. Okay. But let's take this then from that, that other side and let's look at the young kid coming up who's had a little bit of success. Okay. Or, or some reasonable success. So now he or she wants to speak and they say, Oh wow. Well, Gary's up there and he just says whatever he wants and he swears all the time. Oh, he's so authentic. And by the way, and maybe Garrett, that is probably very authentic for him. Right. Um, I, I don't always think it, that's appropriate, but that's just me. I'm not him. And that's neither here nor there, whatever I think. But mm -hmm. let's say this young kid who, who goes up there and thinks, oh, this is great. Uh, and they start, they, they cuss like a sailor and they, they do all these things and they, well, they're not him and they can't pull it off right. like he can. And and Gary is not wildly successful because he swears and insults people when he does or does whatever he does from stage, okay? He's successful because he's extremely talented and he has provided exceptional value mm -hmm. for years to people yeah. who have, have followed his work. The fact that he swears and does some of these things that some people agree with, some people don't, again, he doesn't care, okay? He can get away with it. But that's not why he's successful, mm -hmm. okay? In fact, I would say he's successful in spite of that. In spite okay? of it, yeah, totally agree with but you. But a lot of people don't realize that, and they, they think that's, you know, this, oh, but that's authentic to swear. No, it's, it's not really authentic to swear, unless that is absolutely who you are. And even then, that doesn't mean it's necessarily the proper way to be, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not, it's it's appropriate in certain things, like when you're with your friends. It's not right. necessarily appropriate when you're speaking at an event for a corporate client who's paid you money. <laughs> so again, this has nothing to do with Gary V. I'm just saying that when people come up and they want to be him, well, they haven't earned the right, first of all, to to be him. Okay, that, that but they're not him anyway. <laughs> so so the best thing is decide who you are and how, what's congruent with your values and what's congruent with your style and you know and take it that way you can still carve out your own uh niche if you will but niche in this case in terms of of how you present yourself mm -hmm. uh without having to imitate uh someone yeah i'm with i'm with you on that speaking of imitating mm -hmm. i've heard a rumor that you do a very profound zig ziglar <laughs> and I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. And I'm going to have you help us wrap up this wonderful session on niching by giving mm -hmm. my solo listener mm -hmm. some advice on building the know, like, trust factor 
in the words of Zig Ziglar. Uh, well, see, uh, Terry, you can have everything in life you want uh, if you just help enough other people uh, get what they uh, want. Uh, and when you do, you'll find that it's your attitude uh, and not your aptitude, uh, which will ultimately determine uh, your altitude. Take that advice, my friends, and I will see you. And yes, I do mean you. Uh, at the top. Oh my God, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this you. is definitely going to be one of my favorite, favorite podcasts. We have it on recording. <laughs> oh, Bob, thank you so much for oh, your wonderful insight. And pleasure. I definitely want to uh, remind my listener to go check out the show notes page and go definitely check out Bob's Go-Giver books. They're all over Amazon. You can also go to Berg.com and uh, check out his wonderful work. And Bob, you're actually getting your Endless Referrals uh, online course set up. Is that correct? Yeah, we're in post-production for that. Awesome. And uh, hopefully within the next couple of months, we'll we'll have that out. Yeah, I think that I think that so many people just miss the mark on referrals. They they don't really. And I'm all a bit, you know, about doing good facilitation around helping that customer continue that relationship mm -hmm. after the mm -hmm. sale. And referrals, facilitating that referral is so important. Absolutely. So I'm really excited about that. And I hope you have much success with that uh, online course and everything else you're doing. Thank you so much for being here today. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.